Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The actions that a middle manager takes, the modeling, if I can use that word, of doing business ethically and compliance can be as equally a powerful training and learning tool as actually sitting down and saying something in a meeting or as having a compliance moment. This is Tom Fox. In today's episode of Compliance in the Weeds, myself and Matt Kelly take up the issue of compliance professionals working with middle managers. How do you train middle managers? How do you evaluate middle managers? What financial incentives should you put in place for middle managers to do business ethically and in compliance, as well as those who are their direct reports or work under them? A fascinating discussion of a difficult subject. I know you'll enjoy this episode. The award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and Matt Kelly back with another episode of the award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds. Welcome back, Matt. Hello, Tom. Good to be here. Matt, you've been writing, thinking, and generally pontificating about middle managers. What about middle managers has recently caught your eye? Well, Tom, this post I wrote last week, it came about because I had moderated a webinar on compliance officers working with middle managers at corporate organizations and the unique challenges to that. Um, Yeah, I think what struck me most was that the speakers on the webinar were saying that, you know, when you think of compliance officers working with middle managers, it's really not about training middle managers to report compliance violations or to understand what compliance violations are. Teaching people about what is an FCPA violation, why should you report it, what's a privacy violation, how to submit approval processes for gifts and entertainment, all that stuff. Like That's more compliance training 101 that might be suitable for the frontline employees and the entry-level employees. But for middle managers, in theory at least, they already know all of that because at one point they were the low-level employees. Now they're middle managers. And so now it's much more about building alliances with middle managers so that they will cooperate and work with and bring news to you if you, the compliance officer, are, you know, like if there is a compliance violation you want to know about, middle managers would be invaluable in bringing that information to you. And it's also about teaching middle managers how to work with those low-level employees, entry-level employees, the ones who are being taught the compliance basics, once they know the facts of why what an FCPA violation is, you, know, you still want them that knowledge to take root in their brains and flourish into this strong culture of ethics and compliance. Middle managers are the ones who are going to help the frontline employees do that. So it's really more about getting middle managers to be leaders of their teams in an ethics and compliance way and how to make sure ethics uh, middle managers are ethics and compliance allies with compliance officers. 
So that's not really the same as what do you train middle managers on? You don't train them on the rote ethics and compliance stuff. You train them more on how to be ethics and compliance champions for their teams and how to be good partners with you. And we can go on from there, but it just kind of struck me about how unique that role is compared to other parts of the organization. And uh, that's really what compliance officers need to think about because you live and die on the success of your corporate culture and the middle managers really are the custodians of that culture. So uh, implicit in that may be the following, but I'd just like to highlight, highlight that in addition to actual training being resources, the, the actions that a middle manager takes, the modeling, if I can use that word, of doing business ethically and compliance can be as equally a powerful training and learning tool as actually sitting down and, and saying something in a meeting or as having a compliance moment and so having middle managers, particularly those who've been recently promoted, understand that whatever their actions were before, they're being judged and evaluated not simply by those above them, but by those who report to them. And having those new middle managers understand, you know, you're being scrutinized in ways you weren't before and your actions will be noted. And if you succeed, people will follow your lead. So I think uh, middle managers may need to understand that component. Also, of course, middle managers manage up and they report up. And hopefully at some point, or at least some of them will be promoted up so that if a compliance professional or compliance function can sell these skills to middle managers when they first are promoted up, Hopefully, you'll have that, that set of skills in place as middle managers are promoted up within the organization, up to the VP level, and up perhaps even higher to the senior executive level. So I really see lots of opportunities for the compliance function and the compliance professional to utilize middle managers uh, really in an important way. And your point of a different skill set is absolutely spot on, Matt. And maybe our compliance brethren uh, need to start considering not simply creating a toolkit of resources for a middle manager, but really training them on some of these soft skills, or I can even use the word power projection uh, from politics, that um, they're being scrutinized and watched and have the ability to influence far beyond what they ever had before. Well, I, I think that's an excellent point. And it was striking that one of the speakers on the webinar, uh, she was talking about how middle managers are leaders. They're not leaders of huge teams, but they're leaders of teams. And a lot of them might be leaders for the very first time. So you, the compliance officer, have to coach the middle managers on how to be better leaders, be more ethical leaders, more cognizant of the compliance duties and the importance of it. Now, I get that in theory, and I agree with it in theory. Although it stopped me short that I also do wonder how many compliance officers are themselves well-trained to be able to coach middle managers to be good leaders. Um, I don't necessarily know. And we should remember that a lot of compliance officers have day jobs investigating compliance activities or complaints on the hotline or looking at dashboards or preparing something for senior executives. Uh, so... There is this you know, question that compliance officers should think about, how do I help middle managers? How do I coach them on how to be good leaders? 
is it even something that you, the compliance officer, necessarily need to do? Or can you just keep your hand on that issue while HR might be coaching middle managers on how to be good leaders? Or if the corporation is large enough, you might have some middle managers who are fast-tracked for senior executives positions, and they might get you know assistant coaches or professional coaches or something like that. You know, but there, another point that came up a lot in this webinar is that middle managers get a lot of different training or a lot of different communications from other people about how to do their jobs. And compliance officers are only one of a chorus of other executives telling middle managers what they should be doing. Um, that can be overwhelming to middle managers, especially to new ones. So you have to think if you're a compliance officer, how do I coordinate my outreach with the HR people who might be coaching them, the senior executives who might be coaching middle managers on the business objectives they're supposed to be developing, things like that. There's a lot that hits middle managers. So how do you weave all of that together in a cohesive way? That was another thing that came up a lot with um, this discussion. So Matt, we often on this podcast suggest a CCO go down the hall and have a cup of coffee with the head of HR, with the head of IT, with the CISO, with other corporate functions. But it strikes me that uh, compliance officers in a compliance function can invest in middle managers and do so on a personal basis. Certainly you can have HR give those types of leadership skills, but if a compliance function invests time with middle managers, the literally uh, as uh, Russ uh, Berlin often said, I bought a lot of pizza. Well, why not buy some pizza for middle managers and just sit down and have a lunch with middle managers and start to develop a personal relationship with them and think of it maybe even as investing in the culture of the company. Um, nothing is uh, as significant as that personal touch point. And if people are, are back in the office or if you want to do some type of, of Zoom event, uh, it really strikes me that it's a great way to invest in your culture going forward, uh, which, uh, absent the cost of the pizza, can be a relatively inexpensive uh, way to get personal relationships developed by people who may be fast-tracked or at least put into uh, tracks, which would lead to uh, more executive positions within the company. So in addition to utilizing the training of HR or other corporate functions for middle managers, I think it's a great opportunity to develop a personal relationship and really invest in your corporate culture through your middle managers. Well, that actually neatly lines up with another big point that I explored in my blog post that came up on the webinar is that, you know, really, what are you trying to forge with middle managers? And you're trying to get this relationship of trust between the two of you, because as we know, most employee complaints don't come through the hotline. It's employees going to middle managers and they have to understand what am I supposed to do with this complaint? Do I bring it to compliance or not? And do I trust compliance or not? And so when we talk about, you know, not just building them up as leaders for their own teams, but there's this other half of working well with compliance officers, they're not going to work well if they don't trust you. And they're not going to work well with you if they don't trust the company overall. So a lot of it was really being there almost as like this emotional punching bag to let middle managers 
kind of go through this process of airing out whatever grievances they might have. They've probably been at the company for a while. They've probably seen a lot of senior executive directives come down from on high that sound really cool, sound enthusiastic, nothing happens. So they might look a bit warily or askance or cynically at compliance officers saying, no, really, it's great when you turn down a lucrative sale opportunity because it's corrupt and you should absolutely turn it down and bring that to us instead of hitting your bonus and hitting your quota. Um, so there was a lot of talk about that. There was an awareness that middle managers are responsible for hitting business objectives that they don't get to set. Senior executives get to set the business objectives. So middle managers really are caught in this middle, literally, uh, where they are beholden to other business objectives set by other people. And they are struggling to understand where, how do I juggle that with these ethics and compliance um, efforts and objectives that you know, might occasionally run counter to a business objective because maybe the way to get the business is to do something corrupt and you don't want to do that. So how do they handle all of that? And a lot of times they're not sure what to do. Ideally, you want them to go to the compliance officer to discuss all of this. So it's all about, yet again, mutually uh, fostering this mutual sense of trust between middle managers and compliance officers so they'll see you as a partner. And that came up so often in this webinar. And that was a really, that was another big striking theme. You also talked about uh, incentives and, of course, consequence management or disincentives. What uh, what did you see there? What kind of raised some questions for you? We saw confusion there. We came up with what, you know, it was fairly easy to see that there can be negative consequences for violating some compliance directive. And, you know, I asked them, should middle managers be held accountable for compliance failures on their team? And the general consensus was, yes, if the compliance officer either turned a blind eye, uh, I'm sorry, if the middle manager either turned a blind eye to the unethical practice or should have known about the unethical practice but was just so aimless about it and didn't care, should that middle manager suffer consequences along with the frontline employees who committed the offense? And the answer was generally yes. Now, I agree with that, too, but that is negative reinforcement. So I also asked the speakers and the attendees, what about positive reinforcement to reward middle managers for having good conduct? And we were all kind of stuck on exactly what that would look like in practice. You know, a lot of people said that is really hard. It's hard to figure out what is the actual thing that you would reward a middle manager. Like, do you give them a bonus? Do you give them a bonus for what? For having no complaints or for bringing more complaints? Um, you know, if they're bringing a lot of issues to you, that's good. But does that mean that there's a failure of training or leadership and they should be held responsible? Or do you give them a bonus because they're speaking up? And we don't know. Um and it gets intriguing because the Justice Department's guidelines on an effective compliance program do actually say that you should have positive incentives, such as promotions and rewards and bonuses for improving and developing a compliance program among middle managers. And that's the actual language, positive, positive incentives. Um, the negative incentives from punishments, I get that. I grasp that. I think we can all see how that would work in practice. But the positive incentives, we were left kind of struggling. How does that actually work in practice? As elegant of an idea as it is, 
And there's this whole other philosophical debate that, you know, are we supposed to be rewarding people for doing the right thing? Because I thought doing the right thing was part of the job. And therefore, why are we giving you a bonus for doing what was supposed to be just expected of you? And I, I don't have a good answer. And if any listeners out there do, email us in and, you know, we can talk about that in a future podcast. But it was an interesting discussion that didn't give me the clear results I would have liked, but it was a very thoughtful deep tour uh, of discussion. So let me see if I can maybe add some to both of those points. Let me take the second point, uh, which is that even if they're doing what's expected, the Department of Justice says he shall incentivize people to do what's expected. Yeah. So since the DOJ said we want to see a part of financial incentives or a part of compensation, whether it's financial incentives or other incentives based on compliance, um, I think that even if that's an expectation in every company not to violate the law, that's something that companies and compliance programs uh, should consider going forward. But simply because something we have questions on it, maybe the, the way to look at it is it gives us an opportunity to explore some things. And look at things in a different way, because I often say in compliance where a compliance officer is only limited by their imagination. So why not look at things such as give travel and entertainment expense, i.e. reimbursable expenses? Have all reimbursable expenses been filled out correctly? And you as the manager and never having been a manager or rather uh, having been a manager a few times, but largely been an employee, I know somebody above me was looking at those expense reports, and it was my direct manager. And if I didn't have a, a receipt attached, uh, they were supposed to tell me that. Now, it's my obligation to attach those and fill it out, but that's one area. But why not look at some other internal controls? For a salesperson <clears throat> to engage in conduct which uh, would rise to the level of an FCPA violation means they have to have a pot of money somewhere to pay a bribe. And uh, probably your direct superior or your direct supervisor is either going to know about that or they should know about that. Um, uh, so maybe you could look at internal controls in terms of marketing spend, in terms of uh, whether the uh, payments made out that are initially reviewed by the sales team before they go to AP uh, are correct. So maybe we just need to think about, there's some different ways we can do this, but we're not forced to do it one specific way. We can be creative about it. And it strikes me that gift travel and entertainment reimbursement expenses is a very easy way to start, but really any other internal control, which the supervisor or middle manager is the second set of eyes. So, um, I guess I, I'm not uh, as unhopeful uh, on putting something in place, but it maybe it gives us an opportunity to, to do some different things. I mean, I certainly think that there's a lot of ways you probably could attempt positive enforcements, but um, I still, you know, I wonder about that. Uh, you know, what does it look like in practice? If you have no issues with your gift travel and entertainment, does that mean that you can relax some of those internal controls because the employees are so trustworthy? Seems like a positive reward or positive incentive, except that if that then bites you in the rear end later on, I can see where the Justice Department would punish you for doing the right thing. And, uh, 
I don't know. Like I said, if others out there listening have good specific ideas of how you create positive incentives for middle managers, I'd be eager to hear what those are in practice because the theory of it makes sense. But, you know, what are the actual things? What are the variables that go into the equation that lead to this positive reward? Is it cash? Is it more freedom? Is it a promotion? Is it something else? Um there's a lot of different ways we could try it. I just am curious about what are the common ways and what are the ways that work well? And I don't know. Well, that sounds like a great place for us to end, Matt. I can't wait to see what we can come up with next week. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. If you've enjoyed our podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to you want to contact Matt about his question of incentives and working with middle managers, you can email him at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. If you want to contact me, you can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to visiting with you again next week. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.